Because there is no way that I believe that when I buy a 10-piece chicken nugget, I'm eating a T-Rex. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's bananas. Dino McNugget. Just human. And I'm getting old. Oh, oh. Just getting old. Just getting old. Just getting old. Welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Old. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, I have my co-host... Clark. Clark, how are we doing? I'm doing fine, but aren't you guys getting some snow? Uh, are we ever not getting snow in the month <laughs> of January, February, or March? I think in the South, we believe uh, anywhere that's considered North, like anywhere above like Alabama, it's always snowing. Yeah, it's... Uh... Especially east. Uh, luckily, we're not like Upper East Coast, like yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. That gets like what six feet of snow. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know that there's like supposed to be some pretty. I mean, there's 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 a storm coming y'all's way. Oh yeah, the, the stuff that's hitting us right now isn't even the stuff that we're worrying about. It's the stuff that comes right afterwards that's supposed to get like ten inches. Because right now you're getting some snow, but you're about to get some some nutso snow. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I typically I do all my laundry on Sunday and I had to do it today, so you know I got home from work I fell asleep, then had to wake up to go go do my laundry at uh, my parents' house because uh, the dryers and washers here no longer work, so just trying to get back in time to miss the they snow. They no longer work. It's a long process. I have no idea what's going on. I was gonna say I know you have power. I can see your light on. Yep, we have power. Uh, I cannot find the junction box for that room anywhere in the apartments. Huh. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, pretty much. So, but no, I was just trying to get back here in time to beat the storm and try to record this. This is, this is going to be an interesting episode because it's going to be a little bit different than anything we've done before. Yeah. I mean, we've done interviews before, but this is the next stage. Kind of. Well, it's like the next intermediate stage because mm-hmm. eventually we're going to want to get us all three talking at the same time, not like an interview mm-hmm. and then plug it in and that kind of thing. So today we are basically essentially just doing the intro-outro and a little bit of Grinds of Gear. And at this point, we will throw it over to you and our uh, our guest for the week. Okay, so before we get into before we get to that, I just want to just speak on what we're about to hear. So our guest, um, he is a young earther, flat earther. He's a Christian, and he 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 takes the Bible literal. If you don't know what what that means, you're you're gonna hear a good bit of of that this episode. And we basically spoke. The interview was was long. Like we we discussed young Earth for almost an hour and then flat Earth for almost an hour, so it made sense to split them up into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gentleman who who came on, he has thoroughly done research to, and he he really believes what he what he's saying. And the thing is, I didn't even know. I I guess I didn't. I've heard flat Earth before, and I've thought, wait a minute, you're going backwards. You know what a dummy. You know, I did, I, but I've never really researched it to figure out to like say, okay, why do you feel this way? You know, because 
just in my mind, like a long, long time ago, you know, when you, before, before you, you, you know, you left your, like your village was all that, that you knew. Mm-hmm. You thought, okay, well, the sun comes up and it goes down. We're the center of the universe. Okay, once they started hitting the water, it's like, okay, well, we can't go too far because we'll fall off. This is, the earth is flat. So now that we have, you know, pictures of outer space, we've been to the moon. Well, you know, we, we know a lot more science than we did before. You know, it's, I feel like I was thinking, okay, that anyone who feels that the earth is flat now, like, what have you been smoking? Yeah, especially, I mean, I think it was Galileo who told us that, you know, the earth was not the center of the universe, that we rotate around the sun. And, you know, he had his heretics, he had his insane people who the moment he said it, you know, they just could not handle it. They could not uh, understand where he's coming from, and he was considered a madman. Uh, but boy, this guy, the guy that I've that I've I spoke to, I do want to be really clear. But like, we're about to get into this. Um, but I want to be really clear. It, this isn't a point counterpoint discussion. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to challenge him on. I mean, I just want to be educated. What do you believe? And I, I feel like you guys listening are gonna appreciate that because it's not like a back and forth. It's not like a heated debate. Because I just wanted to hear what he what he had to say. Yeah, this is this is not going to be some kind of CNN interview where yeah. we're just going to throw people's names under the buses and just get into arguments. This is let's hear what this person has to say, and then if you would like to build your own argument or go from there, then by all means, uh, message us on the podcast, you know, on the Facebook page, call us on voicemail, something like that. We'd love to hear what you guys think. But this is purely just. Let's hear what this guy has to say. And he did give us an email address, which I'll, I'll put on. We'll put on um, social media, and we'll put on the uh, the website. And if you have questions for him, if you do the research after, he's going to give you like a, an outline of how he came to believe what he believes. And if you want to research it yourself, please do. Matter of fact, I suggest you do. And. You know, whatever conclusion you come to is fine. But if you have questions, he said that he would gladly be able to answer any questions specifically. So I think that's all that needs to be said, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we throw it over to you and Mr. Cuban himself? guys i'm super excited for what we're about to we're about to go through here in a minute together george gutierrez aka cuban he is a 42 year old former agnostic he says it's a long story and i want to know that story at some point but he enjoys bowling pokemon splatoon and fantasy football and he says he's really good at it by the way and i'm not sure if he means splatoon or fantasy football or both he likes playing guitar and heavy metal hey man how are you doing today i'm pretty good how are you that I am wonderful, and I hope you're you're doing well. I've we've been talking about getting you on for what two months now, uh, around two months. I've been I've been waiting to get you on, and 
number one, you said, I mean, I, when we were first, when I was first kind of diving into the podcast game, I sent you right. guys like a message, um, I think on, on our, our Splatoon uh, clan discord. It's like, Hey, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a podcast. Does anybody have any topics? And I thought you were joking. You said flat earth. Well, I figured you thought I was joking when you put that little smiley emoji on there. Yeah, I thought you were joking. I thought it was a joke. But then as you're like, I mean, I, I don't, however it was, I realized that you were serious. And I was like, you know what? That actually would be an amazing topic. Yeah, I think I, uh, I messaged you again a couple weeks later. It's like, do you seriously want to do it? Because I'm ready for it. You know, jump right in. We got a lot of content to cover because to me, you're an expert because I know nothing. To me, flat Earth means like the Earth is as thin as a piece of paper. Is that right? No, not not even close. <laughs> okay, not even close. I mean, you could dig a hole in your backyard. You know, it's more than paper thick. Yeah, yeah. So you want to just start? I know there's basically two, um, two different kind of to- not topics, but kind of areas. And one is uh, young Earth, and one is flat Earth. Correct. 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 Um, we can start with young earth or flat earth. I think we should start with young earth. Let's go. So what, yeah, what, what, what don't like pretend because you're not really pretending you're, you're on being honest because I'm going to say pretend I know nothing about the topic. And the truth is I don't. So okay. what, yeah. What, yeah I so mean, we can, yeah. we, we can go with the fact that nobody has any clue that the earth is very young. Well, t- okay. So here's, here's, here's my naive thinking, right? That okay. a long time ago, people thought the earth was flat. As people, Correct. as our mentality evolved, we realized that it's 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 not flat at all. You can't fall off the Earth. It's a, you know, it's a sphere. Um, that's that's my thinking because honestly, I've I've just assumed based on you know you grow up, you go to school, you you see the moon, you see pictures of different you know galaxies, and you see stars, and you see the different planets, and everything is round. Um, so again, not knowing anything, what um, what do you got to tell me? About the young earth or the flat earth? Let's start young. All right. I like to go through things like in a more scientific manner. Because if you bring up religion, people automatically just completely tune out and don't even want to listen. Where if you give them more scientific evidence to show that the young, that the earth is young, then they're more willing to listen to you. And then other things about possibilities of the earth just being very young instead of the 4.6 billion years that they say it is. So it's not 4.6 billion Oh no, no, it's not. It's not even close. Okay, well, can Am we? I... Let me let me ask. So, so why are why do we get it wrong? Like, why is what you're saying right? What what we just you know we just assume as traditional knowledge. Why is why is what we're saying wrong and what you're saying right? Well, it, it's not really a wrong or right because nobody really is going to know the age of the Earth. You just got to base it on science and anything else that can back it up. So, for instance, the Bible. Um, you're a Christian, correct? I'm, I am a Christian, yes, sir. Yeah, so if you read the Bible and you believe the Bible to be true, if you, if you start with Genesis, chapter 1, it said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. On day 5, uh, God created Adam and Eve. So if you go through Genesis and you go through the genealogy of what the Bible says, it gets to about 4,000 years to Jesus, and then from Jesus to now has been about another 2,000. So the Bible, through its genealogy, says that the earth is only 6,000 years old. Because when you read the book of Genesis, it goes through saying Adam was about 130 when he had Seth, 
Seth was about 120 when he had, I believe, Enoch. And if you go through all those ages and add them all up, it will equal to about 6,000 years old. Okay, so what about that? Because I've heard people say, well, when he's when it's day one or day two, that could be really thousands of years. No, uh, it's it's usually called the day age theory or the gap theory, where one day is equal to like an era, it could be potentially millions of years. Right. Um, but if you actually read the Bible and see that God created plants on day three and then the sun on day four. Plants can't live on the earth without the sun for millions of years. They would just die off. I so guess you that, could assume that, like, the um, the rules didn't, like, physics may not, or, I don't know, um, photosynthesis may not have applied with God at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, they could say that, but there's absolutely zero proof or anything out there that could even agree with that kind of statement. I mean, it's just a guess at gotcha, that point. Gotcha, gotcha. There's, there's nothing there to give validity to that type of statement. As far as we know, plants need the sun, and plants cannot live a million years without the sun. So when you take that into consideration, the six days of creation has to be literally 24-hour days of creation. And if God created the, the universe, he, he, he could do that easily in one day. I mean, that's, that's not an issue for him. Yeah, so, but again, so day, but days to, uh, are like a, a human construct, right? We, we decided what a day what, was, what it meant. No, well, you see, in the Bible, it says the evening and the morning was the first day. And then it ends with the evening and the morning was the second day. So gotcha. it literally says a 24-hour period of, of sunlight and then night. Okay, cool, gotcha. So who is um, Charles Lyell? Okay, he was um, he was a geologist, uh, and he created what we know now as the geologic column back in the 1830s. And before I even continue, you have to realize that most of these scientists, even back then, are atheists. So anything that they can do to disprove God or the Bible, they would do it. I mean, it's just it it's it's a fact. So Charles Lyell was a lawyer. He was a strong atheist, uh, did not believe God, and he created the geologic column. And if you don't know what the geologic column is, it's basically rock layers with certain dates or eras, let's say 100 million to 200 million years old, or 200 million to 300 million years old. And then usually in these rock layers, you find fossils, dead animals. And in the 1830s, he dated these rock layers. Um, and you'll, you've heard some of these, like the Jurassic period. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So in the 1830s, he, he dated all these rocks. The interesting thing is, that which most people do not know, is radiometric dating. Now, do you know what radiometric dating is? Uh, not at all. Okay. So radiometric dating is it's basically a dating system that they use to date rocks or fossils or pretty much anything that you can, you can date. And they take the isotopes and they take the, um, the decay rate and they can then figure out how old an item is. Now, the problem with Lyell back in the 1830s was that he created the column and dated all these rocks, but there was no radiometric dating system invented until 1905. That you should probably then think, well, how did he get all these ages right? Like, how could he 
age this rock 200 million years old without a single system in place for him to date. Right. And the, the fact of the matter is he just made him up. He did not like the Bible or God and didn't agree with the, with the young earth. So they all went with old age. And the first radiometric dating system was, um, it was created by Ernest, Ernst uh, Rutherford in 1905 okay and some of the radiometric dating systems that they use today is uranium lead it has a half-life of 4.5 billion years uh another one is potassium argon it has a half-life of 1.3 billion years another one is rubidium strontium it has a half-life of 50 billion years and then probably the most known and commonly used one is carbon-14, yeah, or C-14 for sure. And that has a uh, half-life of 5,730 years. So basically how they date these items is they, they see how much, for instance, potassium argon. There's potassium inside, let's say, the rock, and it slowly decays into argon. So they know how much argon is in the rock or how much potassium is not in the rock. And then they can date it that way. The problem is that they're all wrong. And oh. I'll give you an example. Let's say there's a cam, and I, I've heard this cam. I've I've heard this example from a couple different people, and it, and it makes sense. So let's say you walk into a room, okay, and you see a candle burning. You walk into a room, you see a candle on the table. It's burning, and I ask you, how long has that candle been lit? I guess the jackass answer is it's been burning as long as someone since someone has lit it. Okay, that that would be a legit. But if if I asked you, time frame has been burning an hour, has it been burning two hours, has it been burning seven days? Could you narrow it down? Yes. Yeah. Um, so how long has that candle been burning? Um, an hour and a half. Okay, total wild guess, correct? Yeah, absolutely. But you really can't answer that question unless you know certain things, right? Okay, yeah, exactly. So let's, so let's say I tell you that candle is six inches tall. Now can you tell me how long has it been burning for? I cannot. Okay, so you can't. So let's let's do some scientific work. You, you, you stare at the candle for a while, and you notice that the candle burns at a rate of an inch an hour. Right. Okay. And the candle started off at six inches tall. How long has it been burning? So that's six hours. No, no, no. It's, it's, you walked into the room and it was six inches tall. Oh, no, it was you six no, inches tall. Gotcha. Yeah. You walk into, the, walk into the room, the candle is burning, and the candle is six inches tall. And then I ask you, how long has it been burning? Oh, yeah. You, you have, have to know where it started. Have no clue. So then... You look at the candle, and the, you notice that the candle burns at a rate of about an inch an hour. And now I ask you, how long has the candle been lit for? Yeah, you still have to know where it started you, from. You still have no clue until you know how high that candle was. Right. So if I told you that candle was 12 inches tall, then you know that the candle's been burning for six inches, for, for six hours, right. correct? So the problem with radiometric dating is, they see the candle burning. They know that it um, melts at about an inch per hour. They had no clue on how tall that candle is. Okay, I got it. 
So when you when you date a rock, they know the decay rates. As you can see, I, I mentioned at least four decay rates. They know how much is in there. So that's like an example of them knowing the knowing how tall the candle is. But they have no idea how much potassium or carbon or uranium was inside the item when it was created. It's all a guess. So at that point, they can just assume there's X amount of uranium and they can automatically date a rock any age that they absolutely want. Plenty of examples of where even carbon-14 or any of these dates are wrong. Supposedly, at least from what is believed, let's say you have um, a volcano explosion and you have the lava turn into a rock. In theory, it sets the clock back to zero. So if you were to date that lava rock 50 years later, it should only date 50 years old. Correct. Unfortunately, when they date these rocks, they date millions to hundreds of millions years old. So the system doesn't actually work. Um, there have been reports of carbon-14 dating snails that are still alive 20,000 years old. There was mammoth fossil where the tusk dated 20,000 years old and, and the skin dated like 5,000 years old. I don't really think the skin was still alive 5,000 years after the, the, the mammoth died. Right. So there's a lot of examples where you date something of an age that you know and it's wrong. But we are supposed to assume that everything else that they date is correct. And that is, doesn't make any kind of sense. It's, it's not logical to assume that a rock is 200 million years old on their dating system when items of known age they can't date properly. There's, uh, there's other examples of people sending out rocks to two different uh, places that date and both places come up with completely different dates that are not even close. So the dating systems just don't work. But we're told that they work because they need an old Earth. Okay, that, that, okay, that kind of brings me... Let me kind of um, transition to a quick question to you. Sure. So, so everything that we're talking about is based on... Um, your, your first few comments was based on, okay, we believe... If you believe in the Bible, the Bible is not only is it like okay my belief system, but you're what you're saying is there the there's historical data in the Bible versus what we think we know with the um, geologic column. I mean, for for the most part, the Bible is a historic book. It, it tells you stories and actual events that that have happened. So if you go back into the Book of Genesis, the the storyteller is technically God there since he was there from the beginning so since he was there from the beginning we know how old the earth is right so so again so my question then is what, what do you say to those who say well i don't believe in the bible i mean, you, I mean as you, you know as a christian you're going to come up with a lot of those people and and sadly for the most part there's no answer that you can give them that they they'll they'll accept if it if it is an answer that comes from the bible so, for instance, but I say it's 6,000 years old, they won't even, most people won't even listen to you. They'll, they'll probably think you're an idiot and there's nothing that you can say. Now, if you show them scientific evidence to show or prove a young earth, then, then they might listen. One of the scientific studies was carbon-14. Technically, it has a 5,730-year 
half-life. And when a lot of these fossils that they date come out wrong because they automatically assume that the atmosphere is at equilibrium. Now, if some people don't know what equilibrium is, it's basically if you take, let's say, a, a, a barrel and fill it up with water and there's a hole in it, and you fill it the water and then the water is coming out the hole, but the water is still filling up, the barrel is still filling with water. So let's say you drill another hole into that barrel and you drill and you still pour some water in there. Now, the level of water coming out is equal to the amount of water coming in. So it's going to stay at the same level. Yeah. And that's equilibrium. So they never checked the atmosphere for equilibrium. And what they found out is that the Earth still isn't at equilibrium with carbon-14. There's still more carbon-14 entering the atmosphere than, than is decaying out. And so that proves, well, the scientific community said that it would take about 30,000 years for the Earth to reach equilibrium with carbon-14. And with the amounts that are in the atmosphere now, it suggests that the Earth is only about 10,000 years old. Okay, yeah, so that's a lot less than the 6 billion. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot, lot closer to the 6,000 than the, six, than the 6 billion. Yeah, there was another study. Um, scientists have been studying the, the, the salinity rates in the oceans. And for the last 150 years, the oceans have been getting saltier at the same rate. Now that we know for 150 years that the, salt, that the oceans are getting saltier at the same rate, then you can technically go back words in time with that same rate to find out when the oceans had zero salt. And that would suggest that the Earth can't be more than a million years old. Still nowhere close to the 4.6 billion years that they that scientists are saying today. Okay, so you did you brought up, um, you said they, they need us to believe that, it's a, that we have an old Earth. Why? What is the need? What is their need for us to believe that? Is it like a, a control mechanism? Man, that, that, that goes into so many conspiracy theory type things. But basically, if, if you turn on Science Network or the Science Channel, um, you are not going to see anything that aligns with the Bible at all, period. Now, I'm not defending the Bible. I'm just saying, in, in, a, in a way, I kind of am. But basically, the, the, the status quo is the Earth is billions of years old. And I believe it is to discredit the Bible. That is my personal belief. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's you, that's why I was wondering what you, what your thoughts were on that. And I mean, because clearly, that if you're getting into conspiracy theories, that's and the theories for a reason. Because it's not like this is exactly why, you know. Oh no! I mean, most of the, some of the stuff you can't prove, like the conspiracy theory um, and who's in charge and who's actually in control of the world and all that kind of stuff. The Illuminati. Um, yeah. You, I mean, people use that name. It it could be. Uh, it, it's very interesting because I've actually researched some of that stuff up and it, it, it gets really wild. But since I don't have any concrete evidence, I would never suggest that. Yeah, I was watching a um, like a Dave Chappelle clip and then like, you know, you know, on YouTube, you can have it where it, like it plays the next whatever the next video is. And like the right. whole next video was like a conspiracy theory on the real Dave Chappelle is replaced by a, I don't know, a cyborg or something that wasn't really Dave Chappelle. And then. Like the next video was even deeper. So I was like, I gotta stop. I gotta stop there. You know, you know the sad thing is that's probably closer to reality than we think. Mm. Don't tell Sadly, me that. I don't want to have bad dreams tonight. I mean, think about it. If the Earth is flat, like we'll talk about later, 
that is a lie that is being controlled and we are purposely being lied to. So that shows you that there's a select few people that actually control this world. Okay. I well, mean, that would be a logical yeah. uh, explanation, what you think? Yeah, I mean, it, if we're talking about an argument, then yeah, anything that's not completely proven is definitely worth considering. Right. But I'm, I'm not going to use that as an argument if I don't have anything to back myself up. Sure. But what I would suggest is that if the world is flat, like I'm going to suggest in a little bit, um, and we have NASA up in space showing us around Earth, then there are people controlling what we know in a worldwide level at that point. Okay. But like to me, I don't, I don't, I know we have a little bit more to get into with the young Earth when we got to talk about evolution and some. I'd love to hear your Noah's Ark because you haven't talked talked about that yet. But um, and in full full uh, transparency, I I did ask um, George to send me kind of like an outline of what he wanted to talk about just so I wasn't in the dark. And so I wanted to make sure we hit the things he wanted to discuss to make sure that he could prove his point or to um, get the information out there so the listeners could make their own conclusions. So I didn't want to skip something and then like parts of what he wanted to talk about weren't covered. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, we, we can we can talk straight into Noah's Ark because really the flood explains the geologic column. Okay, so and, and I do want to back, just like right at this point say you may even if you say you discredit the Bible at this point, almost every ancient civilization has some kind of a flood happening. There's a like some call it like the Great Deluge. Um, right. There's many, many, like almost all of them have some kind of a flood happening. There are about I want to say 300 worldwide flood myths throughout the world. Okay. Through a bunch of different cultures, and if that's true it would suggest that there was an actual flood. Because what would be the odds of a culture making up a flood and then the rest of the world catching onto it and then telling it like if it actually happened? Right. I mean, that, I mean that, that doesn't make any sense. Nope. You know what I mean? Like if we lived in, in, in whatever land and there was no flood, there was no stories, nothing passed down, then a group of people that you've never seen before, you interact with them, they tell you a flood story, what would be the chance that you would keep that flood story and pass it on to your to your children and then pass that same story on to different people that you know and they happen to do the same thing, keep the story for themselves, pass it on to their children, and it just stay around for millennia. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, good, good point. It, 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 there's there's no odds. It, it's it would never happen. What makes more sense is there was an actual worldwide flood. The story came about because of an actual worldwide flood, and it then got shared down from generation to generation. Okay, so let's talk about the kinds of animals. Okay, so basically Noah's flood it, it actually explains the geologic column perfectly. Because if you look at the geologic column and the dates, you have fossils and you have layers. A flood automatically creates layers of mud. And it's called hydrologic sorting. Anybody can do this experiment if they wanted to. They can get a bunch of dirt from their backyard, get some dirt from another place, put it all into a jar, fill it up with water and shake it. Give it a couple days and you will actually see layers inside the jar. Because that's what it does. Basically, the water sorts it by density. 
the heavier dirt's going to get to the bottom and the lighter dirt's going to end up on the top. And you can see it. I mean, anybody can see this. Um, if you had a big snowstorm, I know you live in Georgia, you probably don't get them. We do. We get about once a year, once every couple of years. We get. Some, I mean, you, you, you've never seen on TV when like Atlanta gets a. You know, we get one snowflake. We shut down our city. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I wish I could do that in my city. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you get like a big snow, because we get occasionally big snows up here, where you, you get like two or three feet, and you can actually see layers inside um, the snow. You two or three feet. To, God, if we get two or three inches, it's like let's go to the the whole store is bought up with the bread and milk's gone. It's crazy. Sorry. No, dude. Same thing around here, man. When we had two or three feet, oh, we were out of work for a week. All the toilet paper and eggs were gone. It, it was it was great. It was but awesome. but the difference is you're saying feet, and I'm saying like we get two inches and we're we're freaking out. That's a difference. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. So, um, so basically, the worldwide flood would create all these layers. And with time and pressure, the the mud would turn into stone, and that and, and mud that turns into stone is sedimentary rock, and that's where almost all the fossils are found in. So, what modern science tells us is that the bottom layer is the oldest, and you get to the top layer, it's the youngest. And through evolution, the animals at the bottom layer evolved to animals higher up in the in, in the in the rock layers and some catastrophe or through millions of years these rocks were formed the animals died then they were fossilized the noah's flood explains everything in a more logical reasonable way so for instance the rain came down the water from the great deep rose up it created an entire flood the animals died in this flood so as they drown and the mud sifts, it hydrologically sorts the animals to the bottom and to the top. The dinosaurs are at the bottom of the, of, the, of the rock layers, and the birds are at the top. And as you know, in, with modern science, dinosaurs evolved into what? Uh, lizards. Birds. <laughs> dinosaurs evolved into birds. I had a friend at a campfire once tell me um, he was telling his son, he's like, yeah, once the uh, once the asteroid hit, dinosaurs became really small and became lizards. Right. Well, I mean, they are probably part of the same family of animals, which is basically what we believe that God created when He created kinds. If you look at the scientific uh, way that they label animals they probably fall into the family kind because they're basically just big old lizards. Yep. Um, so if you look at what modern science says, dinosaurs died, it, it went extinct about 65 million years ago. And then based on the geologic column, the birds were above them. They claim that dinosaurs evolved into birds because that's what the geologic column says. Okay. Now, let's look at it as a worldwide flood issue. Dinosaurs are big. They're slow, they're lanky, they're going to die first. Birds can fly up in the air for a while, they can stay up on top of trees, they can get to higher ground a whole lot easier, they're going to die last. Secondly, dinosaur bones are very big and dense, they're just going to sink in water. Bird bones are very small and they're actually hollow, so they're going to float near the top of the water. So when the flood ends, the dinosaur bones are at the bottom, the bird bones are up at the top. It makes sense. Then after some time, sedimentary rock is created, and then it's, then it's layered out. 
So the flood actually explains better the geologic column and in some parts evolution. Because there is no way that I believe that when I buy a 10-piece chicken nugget, I'm eating a T-Rex. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's bananas. Dino McNuggets. I, I do not think so. And, and, and I mean, even, even logically think about it. Do you think a 40 or 50-foot dinosaur is going to turn into a little tiny hummingbird? I mean, that makes absolutely zero sense. Do you, do you have any problem with me calling this episode Dino McNuggets? You can call it Dino McNuggets. <laughs> That's kidding. a great name. Yeah. Uh, another thing that would suggest a young Earth is um, they have found fossilized human footprints next to fossilized dinosaur footprints. Hmm. Now, that would either make three, three possibilities. Humans have been around for millions of years with the dinosaurs. That's one possibility. The other possibility is dinosaurs and humans were created at the same time 6,000 years ago. Or it's just a freakish anomaly that can never be explained. They have also found horse hoof prints along with dinosaur footprints. That, again, is not possible um, because supposedly... Horses didn't evolve until about 100 million years ago, and these footprints were found in 220-year million rocks. Um, they've also found wasps fossils in 220 million-year-old rocks, and they supposedly didn't turn around for about 100 million years ago. So these are anomalies that make no sense scientifically. If you're stating that wasps were around 100 million years ago and you're finding them in rock 200 million years old, it doesn't make sense. A flood would make more sense. An anomaly makes more sense with a flood. So the okay, so wait, say, so the flood would have the flood would have killed the dinosaurs, is what you're saying? Yeah, there, no, because technically there would have been at least two dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, let's see, let's see, miss some of them, right? He could have. He's a human. He could have missed some. Well, I mean, he could have, but it, the Bible did say that God sent him the animals. Okay. So at that point, you're saying God messed up, and I'm never going to say that. Or God was like, you know what? We really don't need these dinosaurs anymore. I'm not going to send them. You know, what, what happened was, more than likely what happened was, dinosaurs got off the ark. And we always have tons of dragon legends. And what makes sense is we called dinosaurs back then dragons. Because uh, the word dinosaur wasn't invented until about the 1850s when the first fossil was found. Now, that is interesting, man, the whole de dragon thing. I knew, so I'm learning a lot just listening, but like that is fascinating, that part, because yeah, like, I never would have assumed that dinosaurs were on the ark. No, dinosaurs would have been on the ark. Most dinosaurs, most people don't know, are herbivores. They just eat plants, uh, they don't eat meat. Well, I guess more. I was thinking more of the size. Like I know the ark would have to be gargantuan, but you think of like a right. T Rex, you know, initially. Well, most most creationists go with the theory that it makes sense if you had juveniles on the ark. It makes no sense to have a thirty foot tall T Rex when you could have a baby T Rex that's only about a foot tall. Right. Because um, there's a lot of there's obvious benefits to having juveniles on a boat. A, they're going to be there for a year. So you don't want old animals because you don't want them dying as soon as the flood's over. Right. You need them long enough to reproduce. Um, 
and as you know, you have kids. Kids eat less. Some do. I'm they, just kidding. You're right. Yeah, they eat a whole lot less. They sleep a lot. Yes. You know, I have dogs, and they sleep for like 14, 15 hours a day. You know when they're puppies, they're up for two hours, and they got to take a nap now. Being up for two hours is like strenuous labor for a little puppy. Well, once I hit 30, I feel that way. I need to take a nap every, what, once right. a day now. I take a nap, too, when I get home from work. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it makes more sense to have baby animals on there because they eat less and they sleep more. And they, and they produce, I mean, let's face it, they produce less waste. Gotcha, yeah. They're smaller animals and they eat less, so they're going to produce less waste. So it's a whole lot easier to maintain a lot of animals on that arc. Um, and modern science says it's impossible that you can have all those animals on, on the ark because there's so many thousands of species of mice and hundreds of species of dogs. Um, but you don't need species. Species is another term that was created a couple hundred years ago. God said he put animals in there after their kind. So we, we know that a wolf, a dog, a fox, a coyote, they're all the same kind of animal because they can all still reproduce. You can take a common dog from your house and, and breed it with a wolf. It's the same kind of animal. So you don't need a dog, you don't need a wolf, you don't need a coyote, and you don't need that for all the other animals. So that would greatly reduce the number of animals that you would need on the ark. Hmm. And most of the dog species that you see, like Rottweiler and Dachshunds and Beagles, they've all been created in the last couple hundred years anyway. So you can get a huge variety of animals in a short period of time. Okay. You, you don't need millions of years. Uh, in, in the way that since you don't need all those type of dogs, you don't need a zebra, you don't need a stallion, you don't need all those. You just need one horse. And the DNA in, 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 in living organisms create change automatically. The, the debate is, will that change create a completely different animal in millions of years? We huh. don't believe so. Most scientific research and evidence shows that macroevolution does not happen. Um, and let me define that term. Macroevolution is lots of changes and turning it into a different animal, where microevolution is slight changes in an animal or a person, but still stays the same animal. So, for instance, a wolf changing or evolving into a dog is an, is, is an example of microevolution. Yeah, right. Because it's the same, same kind of animal. I mean, you can look at a wolf and a dog, and you'd be like, yeah, they're the same kind of animal. I mean, heck, there are a lot of dogs right now that still look like wolves. Yeah. Um, but my macroevolution is completely different. That is like suggesting, like what modern science says, humans evolved from apes. That is an example of mac macroevolution. And so far, there's nothing really that suggests that other than fossils. And they claim that this fossil turned into this fossil, which turned into this fossil, which eventually turned into humans. They could be completely different animals, and they just share the same characteristics. And they, they show that it kind of looked like it turned into a human. We could do that uh, with, with a cat and a dog. I mean, let's, let's say 300 million years from now, there are no cats and there's no dogs on the planet. And they found a cat, and then they found a dog right above it. They're going to assume that the cat evolved into a dog. 
because the animals and the bones look very close. Right. Both walk on four legs. They both have a spine and a long tail. The cat's snout is obviously short, and the dog's is longer. So that makes it in, in 300 million years from now. But look, the cat normally evolved into the dog. It got bigger. It got longer. The snout got longer. I mean, it would look like it evolved when it actually didn't. It was just a completely different animal. And I think, honestly, that's what happens most of the time. Okay, so Sorry. let me just, just let me, just because we, I'm looking at our time and we are, we do have some restraint. So I want to okay. jump to flat earth because I know that's, I mean, the young earth is super fascinating that I know. Oh, I, I can go through some evolution stuff really quick. Yeah, I was going to say, like, let, let's debunk. use the next five to ten minutes and finish up the young earth if you don't mind. Okay. No, I mean, I'm pretty much done with young earth. I'm going to go into evolution real quick and then we can get into to flat earth rock and roll all right cool so um some examples of evolution um is the piltdown man uh the piltdown man was found in 1912 uh it wasn't allowed to be researched by independent scientists until 1953 uh and then they found out that it was a human skull and an orangutan jaw the bones were worn down they were stained they were glued together to make it look like it was um, uh, a half-man, half-ape ancestor of humans. Uh, And then the Nebraska man was discovered in 1907 in Nebraska, obviously. Um, They created an entire ape-man creature, head to toe, from a single tooth that was found. 1927, independent researchers were out to look at it. Uh, not only was it not a human tooth or an ape tooth, it was found to be a pig's tooth. Hmm. And you have to wonder if these scientists that are telling you that the that you evolved from a from an ape and the Earth is four point six billion years old, how can they not tell that the tooth is from a pig? Right. And if they can't get that right, you got to start questioning them on all other things. Going into creation and evolution. Uh, Bill Nye says human life got on here possibly from a Mars impactor, which basically means an asteroid hit Mars, a chunk of Mars, as in the form of, let's say, an asteroid, with some life organisms on it, came onto Earth and sprouted life. And he says that's more reasonable than believing that God created the Earth 6,000 years ago. Charles Darwin, not Charles Darwin, Charles Dawkins, uh, believes in alien design, where, uh, where a long-distant alien species planted life on Earth, and we have then evolved from that since then. He still believes that, that the original alien life came from through some Darwin evolutionary kind of process, where you got goo into the oceans, and the goo turned alive, and from there on out, um, you got all life on Earth. Uh, the other thing about evolution that I, I find funny is that if you believe in evolution, you believe that you are ultimately related to plants. Because the first living life form evolved into animals and into a plant. So you are technically related to a pine cone. You're related to a banana tree. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, some of the things I say on this podcast, people probably believe I'm related to a banana tree. Well, I mean, some people probably, when you hear them talk, 
probably aren't as bright as the banana tree. <laughs> but I mean, when you think about it, it's, it sounds crazy. I mean, you're technically, if you're, if that's true, you're, you're, you're committing cannibalism every day because you're eating a relative of yours. And I, I, I always get this thing. It's like, you know, Adam and Eve, like, how did we have more kids? I'm like, well, obviously they had, they, they made it with their brothers and sisters and they think that's absolutely disgusting. I mean, if those were the only two people on Earth, the only way you can um, create more people is to mate with your brother and sister. But if they believe in evolution, you're doing the same thing anyway. And in fact, when you're eating a chicken, you're eating a long-lost relative of yours. If you go back 4.6 billion years, wow, is just as ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and the other quick thing about uh, a potential young earth is polystrate fossils. These are fossils that go through multiple layers. Uh, a bunch of them, uh, you can find trees. Trees go through a lot of layers. It doesn't make sense because if a tree were to die, it's not going to stay up 100 million years before the next rock layer covers it up. It makes more sense that a, a, a large flood, it sank into the mud, the mud layered, and then it finally turned into rocks. That makes more sense than a tree standing up for a couple hundred million years before a rock layer forms. And then finally for the young earth, uh, population growth charts. It, it is funny. We have right now 7.7 .7 billion people on earth. If you were to take a population growth calculator, just input eight people because eight people came off the ark. You put 30 years as a typical generation period before they have kids. Average couple having three kids sounds fairly reasonable, don't you think? Absolutely. But only 80% of the kids grow up old enough to reproduce, which is a very low number. We give it a 4,400-year span, which is, which is when the flood happened about 4,400 years ago. You know how many people we would have on Earth? 2.9 trillion. Jeez. Right. It makes no sense because modern science tells us that humans have been around, modern humans have been around for 50 to 200,000 years. So I, for fun, I input the same numbers, but I put 50,000 years of time instead of 4,400 years. Uh, you want to take a guess at how many people would be on Earth right now. <laughs> Tell me. Um, I can't even read the number, but it's 6.6 .6 with 131 zeros after oh it. Oh, my word. Not not possible. Yeah. Not possible. And if you put 200,000 years, um, the, the the growth calculator said could not calculate. Well, here's the, the thing, man. What you're telling me now, like, how do I even believe, how do I even know there's 7 point whatever trillion well, right, now? Well, with the census being taken the, the world population right now is at 7.7 .7 billion but i'm saying they tell me that too the illuminati or whoever you, you know that's a good question because nobody's ever actually counted how many people are on the earth so much you just go count them you know just go around and count them we, we should we should we should have everybody in front of a computer hit enter all at the same time and see how many enter strokes were taken the estimate right now is 7.7 .7 billion and with those numbers starting 4400 years ago it would be at 2.9 trillion, which would, which isn't even possible. Yeah. So if, if humans were around for 50,000 years, then we would have to believe that the population just stagnated for thousands of years. 
and populations don't stagnate. They just automatically grow. So that would, to me, suggest uh, another another example of the Earth being very young instead of being very old, because we would just be overpopulated with people right now. And we're back. So first reactions, what do you think, man? It's interesting where he's coming from. So uh, obviously he did his research. He believes full, you know, wholeheartedly in what he has learned. And there you go. I I mean, I, again, like we, we could have, you know, hardcore reactions here, but I really, again, I want to be really respectful to, to George. Thank you for listening to that. I think that it was very informative, a lot different than what we've offered before on our, on our podcast, but I think it's I think it's good. I think that there's a lot of information there. I think that you should go and re- like look up the the points that he that he um, he brought up. Yeah. And if you want, if you have, if you if you want, I think I'm also gonna on our on our Discord. I'm gonna I'm gonna post I'm gonna post the blank outline that he sent me that shows. I say blank because I took a lot of notes on it myself, but it shows exactly what he what he was what he went through um, step by step with me through that through that interview. Okay. Well, I guess I only have one other question before we uh, start to wrap this up. It's uh, Clark. Has there been anything grinding your gears? Honestly, man, I've been so so busy. It feels like that I haven't had time to really get upset about anything. And a lot of it's my fault. I mean, I'm I'm involved in so many things. I'm streaming now. I'm doing a lot of stuff, and I could do less. I guess I'm just tired a lot. That's it. And I'm getting old. So that's pretty much it for me. Anything, anything specifically grinding your gears? I, I mean, I guess in a way, I, I'm more curious than anything else. So we were always told growing up that, you know, just because it's cold outside doesn't mean you're going to get a cold. But it seems to be that the colder it seems to get and the more consistently cold it gets, more people just get sick. Yeah, all the science says you, you don't get sick from being cold. But I just was talking to Team Tibbetha the other day, and <laughs> like she's been sick for like two, almost three weeks with like bronchitis and almost got pneumonia and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's the only time I I've really gotten sick is when it started to get you know to the bad temperatures and everything like that. When it's warm out, I I fight off everything I get, and it's weird. I we were told growing up. Just because it's cold doesn't mean you're going to catch a cold. You know, but all signs kind of point to the colder it gets, the crappier everyone starts to feel. And you know what, though, maybe, and I'm not intelligent enough to really respond to that, but what I do think is perhaps, or I want to suggest is perhaps the, like, germs maybe don't die off as well when it's cold. Like, maybe they, so you don't, you don't get cold, you don't get sick from the cold, it's just, the germs and bacteria don't die off as quickly. I guess just my just my I, guess. I, I always just assumed that the warmer it got, they they you know they thrived on that. But I could totally be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Someone go to the Facebook and let us know what you think. Maybe you're uh, a real yes. scientist. And uh, 
If anybody would like to find any of our other episodes, please go to anchor.fm slash gettingold or gettingoldpod.com. There we have all of our previous episodes. So please uh, go ahead, look it up, and uh, give us your opinion. And you can give us your opinion at gettingoldpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at getting old. Uh, sorry, this is getting old. You can also find us at our fan page that we just started uh, growing that up right now. Uh, that's going to be this is getting old podcast right now. I think we have 30 people that are members of that fan page and hopefully we can start growing that one soon. And then finally we have now officially a YouTube channel and I will be posting the link as soon as I can find out how to change the youtube.com slash to what I want it to actually be getting old or something like that. Uh, I'll change that. But as of the moment, I don't know how to do that. I'm not exactly technically savvy but once i can do that we're going to put uh, like clips and snippets of the episodes on there to kind of tease you into do you like this idea if you do please find our episode at you know the website so there you go really cool man youtube bring it to youtube that's that's what we got to do and it's really oh, yeah. really cool to see us do get getting to that point yeah I'm, I'm trying to reach out there and you know, stick our necks out there in some way. I posted on Reddit today. I posted on uh, a couple different things now, you know, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You know, just trying to get our names out there. And how many plays per episode are we at? We are currently at 75 plays per episode. Sweet. And once we get to 100, that's when we can start getting the ads in here. So if people could, you know, just tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a family member, you know, just tell somebody about it all you gotta do is like share subscribe please please do we we put a lot into this we we want it to be something you guys enjoy and if you do just tell someone just tell tell someone to hey give it a shot because Mm -hmm. that's all that's really all we can ask is like hey give us give us a shot and i think you'll fall in love with us yeah and the best thing is about being a weekly episode now and not bi-weekly like we used to be is we can put more focus into the episode and not stretch ourselves thin. I felt like we were just kind of, you know, record one and then immediately try and get the other one out there as fast as we could. And with this way that we're doing it now, we can focus more on the listeners. We can focus on the topics at hand and we can focus on the projects that we want to work on. Yeah, and I just I feel like if we if we if we try to do two episodes each week now, we just couldn't. I mean, you have a you have a new oh, new no. job now, a new role. I have we have my my newborn requires a little bit more attention. Um, I'm streaming now. I mean, there's just too too many things going on that it just we, I, it couldn't happen. Yeah, it, it, I think we would stress ourselves out to the point that we would actually stop doing this. And the thing is, the content would be really bad, which is really the most important part. If we mm-hmm. and we've actually recorded an episode, spent time, as you guys probably know, um, around around Christmas, that we realized the content was not good, and we just didn't we didn't release it, and so that's exactly what you know we don't want to get to a point where the like the content's just just not good, and I think if we did record more than one episode, I mean I you know I could see us in the future dropping some you know a, a surprise episode in the middle of the week or early in the week or late in the week or sometime, but. On the regular, it just, it just can't happen right now. And this has been Getting Old. Cause I've heard the time of my life And this is getting old too